Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm director Rob Federick. Excited to be here tonight. Hey, Rob Schulte over here, and wow, what a journey it's been, gentlemen. Yes, it has. It has. It really has. It really has. This is this is an epic, uh, epic journey. I'm and I'm happy to um, I'm happy to start and finish it with you, gentlemen. All right. And mm. for anybody that hasn't figured it out yet, we are reviewing the last movie of Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. Well, I'm back. Okay, so Rob. Yes. Mr. Director. Yes. Would you, what would you uh, uh, rate this movie? Is it punchable? Is The Lord of the Rings a punchable film? Is no, it no. a punch? Return of the King. I know. I, well, I, I like to say <laughs> the culmination of The Lord of the Rings. So is The Return of the King a punchable punch, your safe, uh, punch yourself in the face movie? Absolutely punch yourself in the face, but also, like I said, just run into like a pit of lava and just burn yourself. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is amazing. It is one of the best movies ever made. And I just look at it again, as we said in the last uh, podcast, I see them as like one big full movie, like just the third act of of a long nine hour movie, I guess. Uh, it's amazing. So yes, I like I the uh, I like the foreshadowing with the lava, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, right now, I think that our listeners, if you haven't seen the movie, you probably need to hear the back of the box so that we all get oh. uh, what this movie's about. Uh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Back of the box. Here we go, gentlemen. This is. This is one that's been on the shelves, though. I didn't have to go down to the vault. I just think it looks so pretty. The Return of the King VHS box. Um, And this is the extended edition VHS box, because you guys know that's the one I watched. Um, With 50 minutes of new and extended scenes, I should say. Uh, That's right at the top of the back. That's 5-0, by the way. 5-0. All right, here we go. You you endured four (laughs) hours of a movie? Damn. Love it. Well, trust me, 45 minutes of it are credits. So, (laughs) uh, okay. Uh, Back of the box goes like this. The final battle for Middle Earth begins. Frodo and Sam, led by Gollum, continue their dangerous mission forward to the fires of Mount Doom. In order to destroy the One Ring, Aragorn struggles to fulfill his legacy as he leads his outnumbered followers against the growing power of the Dark Lord so that the ring bearer may complete his quest. Wow. Ooh. Guys, it's like they 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 didn't want to give too much away. Of course on that not. back of the box. Sometimes the back of the box gives away everything. Yeah. We, not this we, time. You've read a couple of those back of the box uh couple of those back of the box movies where they just give eh here's the story don't even watch <laughs> is it or if it's like say, trapped in paradise where they make up a story there you go part right it's <laughs> like what but yeah. would you say that most back of the boxes kind of imitate trailers nowadays like you'll see a trailer and you'll just kind of get the whole movie in the trailer or you don't you know like yeah it's kind of interesting to think about right because there are movies where you see the trailer and you're like okay so you guys just basically told me everything yeah. There's well, I always years. like I think that's a, that's an important question, Rob, first and foremost, you know, 
getting into season two, what have we learned from the back of the boxes? And they're always a labyrinth, my friend. You never know what you're going to get with the back of those boxes. And speaking to trailers, I think you're absolutely right. Like the some some boxes give you a couple sentences, some give you the whole movie. At least none of them are like trying to define what the name of the movie is. I always think of like the trailer to Failure to Launch, right? Where they're like, "When you haven't grown up, that's a failure to launch." <laughs> and it's like, "When you're holding the rings, you're the Lord of the Rings." <laughs> well, I think that the but I think the title oh, of each movie. I think the title of each of these Lord of the Rings films, you know, even with the books, it it specifies what the movie's all about. You know, it's the Return yeah. of the King, and we all know who that is. It's going to be Aragorn. What, what Frodo? Yeah, exactly. But oh. we don't know. Yes. Whether, yeah, it's true, but we don't know if uh, Frodo's going to die or not. You know what I mean? That's the mystery behind this whole mm-hmm. thing. You know. Well, I don't mean to jump straight to the end here because, well, let's face it, jump this, around. This movie has about six endings. Yeah, to be, to be fair, there's about six endings in this movie. <laughs> but would you agree that does Frodo live or die, guys? Well, and he lives. He goes to the Grey Havens, and but and is that the, death? That's supposed to is, be symbolic of death. I thought really, yeah, yeah. And it, and the thing is that he is granted this exclusive invitation from the elves because theoretically, it's just. The weight of the ring has taken its toll on Frodo, the same it did on Bilbo. And That's why they both left. Yes, and they're both gone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And Rob, that's a really good point talking about like the multiple endings and how like I don't want to say difficult, but I do think for someone who's not like really jazzed about this movie, they probably are going like, "Wait, I thought this already ended." You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I remember being in high school when this one came out and well through all of them, but like that was the big complaint from the people, you know, that weren't really into it, but were like seeing the movies for the hype. Yeah. You'd come back to like the lunch table or whatever. And they'd be like, God, could it ever end? And you're like, well, you know, it's based off of something else. Right. So they're not just going to like cut off three of those four endings. But, um, I want to hear, uh, your thoughts on that, Rob, like when you and you, Peter, when you guys saw this for the first time, how did this movie resonate as like a culmination of the movies you'd been seeing the previous two years? You want to go or you want me to go? Okay. All right. So um, when I first saw this movie, I was already jazzed because of the first two, you know, like, you know, because it's hard of the not to be, right? it's hard not to be at this point. Yeah. I mean, you got through yeah. these other two epic films. It's like, okay, I need to see how this thing ends. So I went, I think it was Christmas Eve of 2003 with uh, actually my extended family. It was not just me, but it was like my mom, my dad, the entire, my, all my brothers and my sister. And then, and then of course, you know, you had my aunts and my, cousins we were all there we all bought tickets and we got the tickets early so that we could sit as a group (laughs) and we all just sat down and we just marveled at this thing i remember one of my cousins needed to go pee and it was just like he just he had to hold it in for like three hours you know oh my god (laughs) yeah that that, you know what i'm so glad you brought that up because i vividly remember like squirming in my pants yeah. because I had to piss <laughs> so hard during this movie. And I was like, I am not missing it because during the two towers, 
Uh-huh. I missed that battle when the Riders of Rohan come in and like slay all the orcs that were oh. holding Merry and Pippin. Oh, okay, gotcha. And I came back. I'm like, what happened? What happened? And a, and a friend of mine is just like, uh, battle, like that. And I'm like, oh my god! I wanted oh my to, god. hey, I wanted to punch him in the face for just saying like, <laughs> just battle. <laughs> oh like, god! Like it's like what? Like no? Like this? Th- you have to like, give me a better play by play. So I didn't want to miss anything. This time around. So I remember not buying a soda or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. And, uh-huh. But either way, I started to go and I held it and I was just like, I am not. I will not give in. Of course, I had the longest piss of my life after the there end of this go. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my experience with Return of the King. Nothing else, right? <laughs> yeah, nope, not at all. Nothing, nothing very strong memory. You were probably like, you know, like uh, not too jazzed about the multiple endings. You're like, okay, cut <laughs> Yeah. No, okay, yeah. Yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I need to go. It was it was a tease. It was a tease yeah. every moment. Like, oh my god. No. no, but you know what? I never ended it. I actually never minded all the multiple endings. I thought it was just so emotionally beautiful at the end that I just didn't want it to end. So uh yeah, it was it was nice. Yeah. I think there was a part of me as a young man not knowing anything about this, which to hear more about that, listen to the previous two episodes, listeners. Uh, exactly. But like, uh, since I really had no idea where, how anything got resolved, all I could come with was like, okay, well, good's going to triumph over the evil. So once he gets rid of the ring, you know, it's like, uh, let's clean our plates and do the dishes. Uh, but this is really like, a good 30 plus minutes of like vignettes yeah. taking this story to a close. When was the first time you saw it, Rob? 2003 in theaters. Oh, wow. See, we're all, so yeah. you were, everyone here was That's all funny. caught up with everything. Oh, I, I saw yeah. these movies every winter. Yeah. Um, every winter. And so, uh, it was like it was like clockwork, like the same group of friends, same movie theater, same time and place. OK, well, this is the question for you guys, because I know I did this. OK, did you rewatch both movies, The Fellowship and The Two Towers back to back before going to this movie? Because that's what I did. Oh, back in the day, back in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Before you went and watched The Fellow, the, uh, the Return of the King, did you watch the first two back to back? Because I that's what I did before I went to see The Return of the King. I did not. And I kind of wish I would have. Actually, I really wish I would have. But there's this like weird part of me, because there's a group of kids I know that did. They were they were like, Well, we gotta catch up or we gotta, you know, make it a ritual or whatever. Yes. But there is a weird part to me too, where like I know I love doing that. I know being like, there's a new Spider-Man. Well, maybe I'll watch the previous one just to see what happens. Like, I think that is so fun. But there's this other part of me that's like, maybe I'll make a game out of it. What do I remember from the previous one? You know, like, and to me, part of that also uh, speaks to the craft of the movie. You know, like if I saw Return of the King having not seen the, uh, you know, two towers for over a year and then Fellowship of the Ring for two years, like does everything still make sense and does it stand on itself? And although I think there are valid points to both sides of this, I think that's just a little bit of fun to have with it. Um, So that's, 
not a choice that was made, but what ended up happening for me. How about you, Rob? These these movies came out like every year in December, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a year like well, and and back then, you know, DVD releases would take about six to eight months. It wasn't like two to three. If you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't two to three like it used to be. So it was kind of like a scheduled release for each of these movies, right? The movie came out in December. And then by about August, you'd get yep. the DVD, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was something that I was looking forward to every year. So I would always buy the DVDs, especially for the extra features. And there was always like a little teaser to the next film. So I think by oh. August, yeah, so by August, I would always get my refresher, right? I'd rewatch the film. And then, because uh, I would always watch it the minute I got the DVD. Uh, and then I watched like the behind the scenes, see like the little teaser into the next movie. And then, you know, three months later, I'm at the, you know, three or four months later, I'm at the theater watching the next episode. So, so like, to me, it was like, it was pretty fresh still, you know what I mean? It was like a a good timely thing, but I also didn't want to overdo it because I wanted to go in there and feel the wonder. You know what I mean? I'm one of those guys that. Yes, I get interested in the next movie that's going to come out. Like, you know, like if I get excited about any film that's going to be released, I'll want to look into it a little bit, but I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go digging around for the spoilers or digging around for story plots. Like, I want to go to the movies and be completely captivated and surprised. And, and just take it in as an experience the first time around. Yeah, that's the way I am, too. I don't go digging around for – if I want to see a movie, I cannot wait for it. But, uh, like, I'll take my time and I'll go to the theaters and watch it. I'm not going to dig around and hear other people's opinions. I'll do that after I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's just so hard. It just takes away, like – You it can does. have the worst movie in the in the world. But, like, still have a fun movie-watching experience. That's very true. You know? And to, like, hear that a movie is shit or something, and then, like, be like, oh, I'm going to find out why. Then it's like, well, that is part of going to the movies is the gamble. (laughs) Exactly. You know? That's that's the best part about it. Exactly. I mean, not the best part. But now, guys, I want to hear more about uh, our updated watch. But before we do that, Let's take a quick break. And we're back to Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. We're talking Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Uh, Guys, this is, I got to tell you, same as before, I had not seen these movies since like, I don't know, maybe 2005. Rob, like this is how yeah. is this possible? Yeah, what, what, like, like how? I just, I still... first of all, I want to say I'm happy that we like pushed you to watching this movie again because of this podcast. Yeah, that we got going like we, on here. you know, we were able to give you a nice early like Christmas gift. Yeah, I guess you really uh, did. Well, like, like, it, it, but how? I mean, a late Christmas gift. A late Christmas gift. You're right. Uh, but I want to know. <laughs> uh, what this was like for you, man, because I watch these movies every year and they still get me every Boom. year. Love it. How does it fare up, you know, almost 20 years later? You know, like, how does that feel? Yeah, I'm very curious. Well, I said something to my girlfriend at the end of Return of the King. Um, she has not she hasn't seen any of them. Okay, but she's poked her head in every now and again when I've been watching for this series, 
And I've talked to her about like how you guys have your traditions with the movie. Right. And she's like, oh, well, I think this would be really fun. I think I said this last episode, a fun tradition for us to do this Christmas. Right. Where we try and watch them all again. And I was like, I am all for it. Because uh, I am ready to watch these movies again. But as I finished Return of the King for the, let's just call it the second time. Wow. You know? It, like, it literally I don't, is. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm sure that I might have watched it once or twice in between there, but this is a dedicated watch, you know, uh, for the podcast. And I turned to her after the end of it and I just said, I'm so glad I'm doing this podcast and I'm so glad I'm doing this podcast because I think for a long portion of time, I forgot how to lose myself in a film or story. Wow. Like, could it, I, I mean, like, personal issues, other things aside, I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but I think there was a point in time where part of me was like, I can always be doing something else. I can be bettering my career. I can be working on this, or I can be working on that. And realistically, even if this was a six-hour-long movie, not a four-hour-long movie, <laughs> but even if it was six hours, is there something that I could have been doing in those six hours that was truly more making productive. A, a more productive or a difference. No, because it's, it's, that is a, that is, that is one of those things where like my brain is playing tricks on me. Well, at this and point, I am so, at this point yeah. it is part of your life though, you know, because you do have a few yeah. other podcasts besides this one. Well, true, but like, um, I would definitely watch every single movie to record a podcast for us. But what I have found in watching this again, A, to fully answer your guys' question, blew me away. Loved it. We can talk about scenes soon enough. But like being able to be like, you know what? Take the time for yourself to watch the things you enjoy. You know, like Absolutely. stop thinking about other stuff and just enjoy the film. And Absolutely. when I did that, I turned, I don't want to say I turned off my brain, but I just like, I'm in Middle Earth, enjoying it, yes. loving it, yes. and I cannot wait. And that's, that is one of the best things about starting this podcast too. I'm not trying to think of like a funny comedy angle to watch a bad movie or something. I ha I can do that on other times. This is like, I respect this movie. I like this movie. I loved watching this movie, guys. Awesome. It was a blast. I would, I will have to say, man, like, for me, I mean, I obviously, you know, I'm a little bit biased because it is my like, you know, my trade craft is to make sure. movies, right? And and to to shoot stories and direct and stuff like that. So, but I there's just something about me that like I love losing myself to a movie. And I, you know, Rob, I can agree, you know, especially in today's day and age where damn, dude, you know, a lot's vying yeah. for your attention. A lot's vying for your time. So three and a half hours to four hours for a movie may seem like, a, whoa, man, like that is a big chunk of my day to be surrendering to a movie. But if you're going to do it, do it to a movie like Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. No you know what shit. I mean? like, it is something that was, you know, they put so much work and effort into these movies to make them what they are that. It's almost like watching, well, I mean, it is watching a beautiful work of art, you know what I mean? And, and, mm -hmm. and absorbing things. And the emotions that you experience in a movie like this are very real and human. So 
while you are, uh, you know, maybe taking time off doing something productive, it is important for everyone to disconnect their brain every once in a while and just go somewhere else because it will open up avenues that you never thought about and maybe inspire you in ways you didn't think about. So uh, I love that you brought that up, man. That's that's a that's a huge thing. And, you know, like I said, I think that the the best probably example of this would be Lord of the Rings, in my opinion. It's like one of the best mm-hmm. movie uh, franchises ever made. That's true. That's very true. Well, I mean, like for me, for instance, it's uh, it goes back to for me. I think it's a perfect movie and it goes back to. You know, the way I would compare them to the other two, you know, that's so you're what, saying Return of the King is a perfect movie. I think so. Okay. You know, it has okay. a great wow. beginning and uh, it that, has that beginning's awesome. The beginning is amazing. But here's the thing like, it's its own, I, again, I'm going to go against what you were saying. It's okay. its own individual movie. Okay. My only problem that I have with it is, uh, and you know, I'm always going to bring up a problem, but th- this is a good problem. <laughs> the to Peter have. fix is the what Peter we like fix. to call it's it. It's not a fix, though. <laughs> this is a perfect movie. It's not really a fix. It's just something that, like, I wanted to see when I saw the extended features, and that was um, the Mouth of Sauron. Okay. The Black Gate opened. Please, let's talk about this. When, yeah, yeah, please tell me about this, guys. When the Black Gate opened. And the mouth of Zaron on his horse came out and started addressing the- Wait, uh, hold on. Let, let's go back. So, so for our viewers who have not, our listeners who have not watched the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings, towards the end, when they faced Mordor and- mm-hmm. and and They're trying to distract Sauron's eye right, from, looking, from for looking for Frodo in the Deadlands. To buy them time, right? Aragorn goes up and he says, Let the Lord of the Black Land come forth. Let justice be done upon him. And the gates open up and all these orcs march out, right? In the extended cut, what was originally intended and what is in the books is that there is a representative called the Mouth of Sauron that walks out. And that is not in the original cut of the movie. Yes. And that's one. Th- that's the one thing that I've, I have always like been puzzled about. When I saw that on the extended cut, I was like, that one scene should have been added to the movie. I it should have been added. Thoroughly. Wow, that's why I didn't remember it. Man, I gotta <laughs> tell you, I thoroughly 100 percent agree with you, Peter. When I saw the mouth of Sauron come out, that creature design and the the sound and Damn. tone of the voice. Yeah, but it's not just that. Here's the thing. Then this is the reason why I think it should have been included in the uh, theatrical cut. Yeah. We don't know what Sauron's all about. Sure, it's like this big guy, and then he gets his hand cho- his the ring chopped off, and then he becomes an eye. We don't know what he's thinking or saying. And the mouth of Sauron gives us the exact, like exactly what he's thinking what and verbalizes it. Yeah. It's, you it's, see what I mean? It's like, uh, like, you know, if the eye of Sauron is like the see all energy of Sauron, the mouth is this creature that voices what he wants to say. Yes, exactly. But he does it in the third person though. He yes. says, my master, but mm-hmm. he does speak for Sauron. He represents, exactly. but I thought, just aesthetically, number one, it was oh, aesthetically awesome. amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It was creepy as fuck, and it mm-hmm. just had this. And you know, I don't know if you know, like in the behind the scenes, they talk about the design is that the mouth has these splits and cracks, and it bleeds because supposedly the mouth of Sauron spits out such evil words that the mouth itself is like torn and corrupted. Yes. And I thought wow. that was just awesome. And I was like, I'm like, I'm with you, Peter. I'm like, why on earth would they have cut that from the film? And I honestly think it's the studio telling them the movie's running too long. Gotcha. And they were afraid of losing money. But I'm like, 
You're people a, are going to stay in the seats. Their their butts are not leaving those seats. It's 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 the third movie, Unless baby. They need a pee. It's exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, no we're kidding. we're in the home stretch right here. We're on third base, running for home, and like nobody's going to care if you added an extra twenty minute scene in no. there. You could cut everything else. But that's, that's not even extended. a twenty minute scene. It's like a couple minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, it's about five minutes. Yeah. Like you could have added that. Like that should not. That's have a been. bathroom break right there, guys. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. <laughs> that would have been me going like. You should have cut. Th- no, I'm just kidding. You should have cut that scene. I have to pee during. The- no, no, I would have loved it. I would have loved it when I saw it for the Don't first time. Don't linger on the sunset as long. Uh- yeah, you know Jack Nicholson told uh, Elijah Wood that he walked out of the movie because he was just like he was like you die right, and Elijah Woods was like yeah, well I mean it's representative of death. And he was like well so you died right, and he's like. Well, yeah, didn't you watch it? He was like, no, man, too many endings. And he just Jesus. walked out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So. Well, when you're Jack Nicholson. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> true. It's a good point. It's a good point. Now, is there any other um, behind the scenes things that really jumped out at you guys? Because I, I don't want to be... Here's the thing. The movie's beautiful. Love the movie. Um... But we were talking last time about like how sometimes the cracks start to see, you know, you get to start noticing where edits are made or things like that as, you know, things progress. And I still think this is beautiful. And I, I honestly don't care when I can tell if a story is fantastic. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're telling a story, then do what you need to do to tell the story. If it doesn't look picture perfect a couple of times, I don't mind. Um, right, I agree with you, Rob. But and I remember back in the day, though, being like, "This is perfect. How do they ever? How are they going to make movies? I mean, we can do whatever the hell we want." And it still is like looking back at it, and it's it's so strange to me. Like it's like watching, like playing a, I don't know, a Sega Dreamcast basketball game. Oh my god, <laughs> this looks like the real thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. but like. I don't know. I, I, I wait. You aside you, from did, a wait. Did you catch anything like that? Because I didn't. It's not. For instance, I think what I'm saying is like I would really be grasping at it, but like yeah, okay. Much like in saying. some of the previous ones, you know, like with sometimes the, yeah, with when the two you see a Hobbit, yeah, or, with the two towers, you had that that ooh, that CGI doesn't hold up today in a 4K TV. It doesn't happen with this movie. This movie literally, it's like I said, it's perfect. I I well, still I, I still get little glimpses here and there of like really? oh, little yeah. glimpses, it, it's little glimpses, a little dated to me. But those movies, guys, were shot in a way that movies just aren't made anymore. Like 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 it was it it was a movie that incorporated miniatures or bigatures as they call them because they were these huge scale mini- miniatures, right? Which they mm-hmm. physically like photographed, right, and yep. then composited wow. in. So they weren't creating digital sets in a computer and then just doing a simulated camera move. They were actually filming real life things that were lit and everything. So it has a more tangible texture. They also, you know, would incorporate animatronics where they could mixed in with CGI. You know, they would do a lot of prosthetic makeup which, and included CGI, which is something, again, we talked about in the last episode that The Hobbit didn't do, right? Like all the orcs' faces are CG in uh-huh. that movie, which uh-huh. I think was a terrible mistake. You know, like making that big white orc in The Hobbit just like a fully CG character, that was a huge mistake. They should yeah, have stuck with yeah. the prosthetic stuff, right? Um, like the troll in Harry Potter 1. Yeah, exactly. It just didn't. <laughs> It, yeah, that it, troll does not hold up today. No, no. Mm. I actually watched that movie last night with my girlfriend, and uh, it, it, like, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it's Harry Potter, but it just, you know, it, they're they're starting to look at it. But 
those movies are, yeah. you know, nowadays it's like, it's so much of a CG fest because we can, right? Like it's just the technology's yeah. there. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate, you know, it, it really is unfortunate. I think that back against the wall, if you were running into budget issues, you know, go nuts with the CG because, Hey, you know, you don't have the alternative of building stuff, but I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it, it makes me sad to know that now everything's just created in a computer. Yeah, yeah, it it's like a studio has to. I, I mean, you guys know this better than I, but it feels like a studio has to like really be friends with someone essentially to allow them to do something on such a scale that this one is like. You really have to like not just put one foot yeah. in the door, but yeah. like every foot you can get your your hands on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. the thing is, is that I think that they gave. Um, I think they gave Peter Jackson a little bit of free reign because, you know, each of these films did make a billion dollars. I mean, these movies, they honestly, made their budget up yeah. with the first one. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, they, they they got everything back after the first one. But look, Peter Jackson would have swept the Oscars every year. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. the Lord of the Rings deserved to win Best Picture for every year that it was in the nomination. True. They mm-hmm. gave it all. You know, the Lord, the Return of the King is the it's tied with Titanic and Ben-Hur for the most Oscars ever won. Right. So they did that because you, they just knew like, okay, like we, there's no way we can dodge this anymore. Like we gotta, we gotta give them the whole full credit because they clearly deserve it. Um, yeah. You know, so I, uh, it's, it's just one of those things where he had by that point, all the success in the world to do whatever the hell he wanted. Exactly. What do you guys? Uh, what what what's some of your favorite moments? What stands out to you in this film? Because I know what wow. what stands out. I mean, like I literally right now I'm running through the whole movie right now. I can yeah. see the whole thing. You know. Well, Peter, I think to, before we get into that, I I also think that you know, like you talk about the three movies having their own their own thing, and they all do. This movie to me is the by far the most emotional. Truth of the films, no, like 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 mm. like driven emotional themes, right? Yeah. Theoden dying, Theoden dying. Uh, you know, Gandalf's uh, speech to uh, Mary, uh, sorry, to Pippin about like death, you know yeah. death and you know like the journey we have to take. Like Aragorn buying time for Frodo and just sacrifice. He was thinking about sacrificing himself, accepting the responsibility. Like this is a. Boromir's dad, I forget his name. Denethor. Uh, Denethor, yeah. And then, yeah, like, Denethor. Right. And then finally, kind of Faramir coming to turn because, you know, like he was like the black yeah. sheep of the family. Like, there's a lot of emotional themes in this movie. So I think that as a whole, it's just, it just stands to me as a powerhouse of just emotion throughout. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I completely agree on the emotions. There's, uh, a lot of things that really like jump out to me, like, oh God, the dead army. That was oh, so wild, cool, especially when they like come off the boat and appear yeah. and like just oh, tear everyone yeah. to pieces, all those orcs. Oh yeah. Um, but I think that this, this is not a wild take that's written about over and over again, but I definitely see the effects of World War One on J.R.R. Tolkien mm, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, I can, in looking back at the others, I can see where it's at and where the stories could come from. But like, when we get back to the Shire 
towards the end of this yeah. and it's like been four years it's and Frodo's just like, I'm supposed to live like here. Like I've been through my life <laughs> is not what my life was. Like I've seen death destruction. Like how am I supposed to just go back to picking tomatoes Rob, but and eating <laughs> potatoes? You're saying that now, yeah. right? And I'm going to ask you after watching all three of those movies and you're in the Shire with Frodo, don't you feel the same way? Yes. 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 Great question. Because yeah, I, like, I don't yeah. feel comfortable being there. Yeah. It's kind of like, know? wait, like we've just been through this whole, like I, the Shire, it's kind of boring there now, you know, like yeah. it's like, it's over. <laughs> like, no, you know, like, yeah, I get, I, I wanted to just see if you guys felt the same. Oh yes. Yeah. Definitely. And then like just the idea of like, if part two is when the war like begins, like fighting starts, right? Part three is like seeing the war within the war, and like it's not just like, hey, they're attacking the castle, and now we gotta defend it. It's like, oh, then what happens after that? You know, it's not like everyone just goes, okay, see you guys at six a.m. I'm clocking out for the night. <laughs> you know, like it was. It it was powerful. Well, like it really it really makes you think. But it also is just like shit. Like, yeah, they say war is hell, of course. Yeah. But like like I was I was also expressing this. I was reading this stuff about World War One and talking to my girlfriend, and I was just like, God, this is a coping mechanism. Like he wrote all of this to like yeah. purge those feelings. It's like when I people so. watch ho- horror movies. Because it's like a safe place. Right. Or even reality TV is a safe place for like your anxieties. It's like, I can put it here. It's there. I get it. And I can walk away from it. Yeah. And I think that like this, this, this trilogy and including the Hobbit is just like so many displaced feelings for this like generation of people. And like, Mm. he had to like focus it into this. Sorry. Ramble over. No, no, no. no. These are like the big things I took away from watching this movie. But Jesus Christ, seeing fucking Gollum fall in that lava. That was cool too. That (laughs) moment. I get chills just thinking about that. I think I have like, I have like two or three key moments that stand out for me in this movie. One for me is when Aragorn just stares into that wall ocean of orcs. Yeah. And he just says, the most memeable moment in meme history. One of them. I I got chills just thinking about it because it's just so, and he just charges and does this spin attack and just goes straight into the front lines of this battle. Like the Mm. new king, you know, man, that was like, that defined epicness for me right Mm -hmm. i think that Mm -hmm. that was huge i think the next moment for me is seeing the witch king of angmar wear that spike crown Mm. and just take to this and like it's like wow like this now like the ring wraiths always felt creepy but like man he now i'm truly afraid of them dial it up to 10 they dialed it up to 10 yeah and lastly, for me, I think the moment that stood out to me is just because the music is so hauntingly beautiful and it just was like such an emotional run, right? Was the Grey Havens and that boat sailing away into the lands and that light, like that wide shot, like, and Sam just an emotional wreck at the end of it. Like, mm. that to me was powerful. Like, that, that was everything. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with all those. Um, 
Actually, I don't really have uh, much to say after that because one of my that my favorite moment is when he turns around and he says, "For Frodo, the second most memeable just so picture great. ever." <laughs> I mean, that that's probably actually to tell you the truth, I do in the intro for this movie when uh, Schmeagol kills Deagle. Yeah. That whole oh, background, that yeah. whole story is like it's very, yeah. it's very uh, Cain and Abel to me, a li- just a little very bit. Intense. Oh you know? yeah, it's a very tense moment, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, and it was perfectly placed because we don't know anything about Gollum in the first two movies. He's mentioned in the first, and we see a glimpse, hmm. and then in the second movie he becomes a main character, but we don't know who he is. By this movie, we're like, okay, who is this? You know, because they mentioned yeah. it, like <laughs> for five hundred years, the ring poisoned his mind. He's yeah. living in. the... So what? How did he get there? And then you see him murder his best friend and his, his like, brother. A brother. Yeah. Oh, he met. Okay, so he murdered his brother. very Canaanite. Yeah, yeah. Very. Man, he Kane literally killed his brother because wow. it was his birthday. And, so, and I got to tell you, man. Like you said, he's the main character. To me, he's the main character of the two towers, and it ends with him turning, and then all of a sudden we start with that scene. Yes. So I'm with you, Peter. That's that's super powerful yeah. right there. And it's it's like. Whoa, what did we just walk into in this movie? <laughs> it almost you know? felt like a horror yeah. movie at that yeah, point. Yeah, it did. You know? Cause it really, like, going from the golden Fellowship of the Rings, you know, opening with this green, gold, beautiful sky to, like, right. having that same feeling with this intro, but resulting in, like, a choking death. Right. It was... But, by the way, guys, I don't know if you know this. This is such a little subtle thing. But when the DVDs came out, uh, and even with the Hobbit movies, they did this with like the 3D glasses. But the cases for the three movies, the Fellowship was a green case. The Two Towers was a red case. And the Return of the King was a blue case. Yeah, I remember. And I remember that those colors signified, yeah. I think, like the themes and tones of each movie or whatever. Um, Ooh. But what I, what I do want to do one little side note here that it, it kind of bugged me. Not, not kind of bugged me, but like. I just remember. Hey, it, Rob. Yeah. Why don't we take a break real quick and you tell us what bugged you on when we get back? I right? think that's a cool idea. Let's leave the listeners with some suspense. Oh, my God. We're back. Whoa. Back in Magical at the Movies with Rob and Rob. And Rob, you, I want to know what bugged did, you. Did they get a pee break? Did everybody get a pee break in between? Yeah, they, I think so. <laughs> I, I, I dynamically inserted the pee break. In yeah. Him, so so <laughs> is this one of your big takeaways? Let's hear it. No, no. This isn't a takeaway at all. This actually has nothing to do with the movie in itself. But this is something that has to do with our podcast that we mentioned throughout these three episodes. We talked about the memes of this movie, mm. of these movies, right? Mm. And the most memeable things. We left out the most memeable (laughs) and none of us has mentioned it until and i'm like i'm like oh my god we i mean because yes this movie has so many better than keep well then it's bigger than keep your secrets and when i say it to you guys i think i know what you're talking about when i say it to you guys you guys are gonna be like oh shit that's right because one does not simply forget (laughs) oh god the most memeable (laughs) meme of the lord of the rings trilogy And we uh, like, oh, I was like, okay, man, we have to mention it now. But I'm like, yeah, we cannot forget Boromir's one yeah, does not simply. And good then, Lord, boom. you're right. Um, but I do think, uh, yeah, we <laughs> that is <laughs> you're so right. How did we never talk about that? We've we've said, <laughs> all right, then keep your secrets. Right. We've said meats back on the menu. Right. Uh-huh. We've said for Frodo. Right. We've got <laughs> you shall not pass. We, you shall not pass. Yeah. But we forgot. <laughs> 
the one does not say, and I feel like that was that was the initiator for me. Like that that's where I, that's the first yeah. Lord of the Rings meme I saw. Well, the, for the two yeah. towers, for instance, I mean, I don't know if you ever saw the uh, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. You never saw that. No, what is <laughs> that? on is YouTube? Oh my god! Oh, are we gonna play it? I'm gonna play it right All now right. for you guys. Uh, <laughs> but isn't that amazing though that a movie that you know is about 16 years old now, going on 17. Or it is seventeen at this at the point of this podcast release. Yeah, um, we're talking about people still like having it reflect pop culture. Like that—that's truly amazing. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, you guys have never heard uh, this. No, <laughs> this it's is like a- on one big loop, guys. Oh no, wait! I have heard this. I have heard this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Yes. Yes, I am. And now I am. Yeah. By the way, for all they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Can you tell Peter who who? Can you tell the listeners whose voice that is? That is Legolas. Yeah. Uh, there's like a ten-hour loop of that too. Dude, I, what, oh, what is it with people that make like the ten? Like I, we talk, you know, I, I know, was, right? I was listening to our trivia podcast episode, and I talk about the everyone line that Gary Coleman, sorry, Gary yeah, Coleman yeah. does Gary in uh, in um, Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. There is a ten-hour loop of them. Like, oh no who does this <laughs> why 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 does it exist that's a good oh, question oh man they could be watching the lord of the rings extended version oh right right jeez right, right. Oh. Well, anyway. guys we should i think peter you were onto something there talking about big takeaways wait what like when did i miss when did i blank out like <laughs> oh man uh, with but i do think that like we're at about that time of the app boys yeah we are well i mean uh, like, well, back to my bi- what i was gonna say about my big takeaway is that uh not only are these movies amazing and they won every award there is but yeah i'm gonna go back to uh the taking the hobbits to Isengard. they're the most memeable movies in history there i said it <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah rob what about what about now you, rob yeah. you, well i whew. You know, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, guys, but like having rewatched these with like the 15 year gap, yeah, I am thrilled to watch them. I might as well watch them for the first time. Right. Um, it was, it's a fantastic watch that like truly tells a good versus evil story in a complex, complicated way that you can still follow. Mm. I've said it before, like I got a little tripped up every now and again when a whole bunch of new lands or names or stuff get introduced, but it didn't take away from the story itself. It just made me want to learn more about this world. And I think that any any movie that gets you to open a book is probably doing something right. right. Um, and I think any, like just to, quote myself from or to take away take from what i said earlier any movie that lets you like reevaluate how you want to spend your quality time with yourself and with your loved ones is big too and maybe that's just big for me and i'm sure other people have their own movies that right. that have their that effect on them but like rewatching this trilogy made me like think about that and it made me want 
not only to be a better movie watcher, but like be better to myself, you know? And I can't say many movies have made me want to do that. And this one did. So not only is that like, I mean, people can love or hate this movie, but this movie made me feel good. And I'm so happy that, because I think Return of the King specifically is the one I remembered the least. Interesting. Not because, mm. not because of anything. Like as I watched it, I remembered more and more. Yeah. But I think when I would go back and be like, "Oh yeah, Lord of the Rings," and my axe, and yeah. there's the talking <laughs> trees, and then there's the ISR. You know what well, I mean? It kind but of like, bleeds all into one, so though, much. right? Like it does. It yeah. feels like a journey. Well, yes, yeah, for sure. But like, I don't know. I really maybe it's age. But like coming back to this one, it was like, wow, yeah, you didn't see everything until you see Return of the King. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. you might think you know where the story's going, but you have like no friggin' clue. And uh, and I loved it. That's my big takeaway. Cool, it made man. me feel good. Made me feel yeah, good. Yeah, man. It. I, love I, it. I yeah. look, man. I was a young high school aspiring filmmaker. I had my little handycam Sony camera and I wanted to make oh, yeah. movies and I I you know I always bring this up in the podcast about the magic of movies but this was truly a spellbinding experience for me because those three movies did feel like a journey and it was a 3-year journey that was just extremely important for the time um extremely like uh pivotal for filmmaking in general and they are masterful works of art like this is passion culminated with a, an amazing cast a crew and a team of people that put together something that will live on forever the netflix sorry the amazon series that will come out soon may be stunning i don't think it will ever live up no, to the movie lightning in a bottle and yeah. it is lightning in a bottle and it is something that like the more that I rewatch, even though they start to feel a little dated and stuff, there's nothing wrong with the essential story, the emotions that that those films convey, and just the truly remarkable beauty that you get visually from these films. It's just stunning. It's 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 astounding. So, I, and that's what keeps bringing me back and back for more. And every time I finish them, I'm a little sad. Wow. Yes. I think that hits it on the head too with a little bit of sadness. Um, and this, I don't want to take anything away from what you said, Rob, because you're totally right. But like, I sometimes, if I'm like binging a TV show, not a movie, TV shows are different, I know. But like, <laughs> are they? <laughs> if if I get to the um, if I get to the end of like something as silly as Frasier, oh yeah, let's yeah, say, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, sure. I won't want to watch the last episode. I don't want to, like, see them put an end on this. Yeah. Like, it's different with movies. Yeah. But it is weird, like, how you can be like, oh, man. It ends. I didn't want it to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's that. But that's the feeling. That's the same feeling. It's like, yeah. I wanted the journey to continue. Yeah. I wanted to see when the next movie was coming. And it's, But that, to me, is truly good storytelling because it takes you through an emotional arc. You felt like you went on the journey with these characters. You got to know them. You want them. more. You want more. You want more. You got to you got to invest with them. You got to see their trials and tribulations and stuff. And then all of a sudden, this big epic journey has come to an end. Yeah. 
And you're like, okay, man. Well, unfortunately, like, Tolkien didn't write any more books. You know, he was actually planning on a sequel to The Lord of the Rings. What happens after the elves and and you know? But was he? I mean, I thought people. he died uh, in the middle of writing The Cimmerillion. Yeah, but he was already planning on like a a, a sequel to it, yeah. a follow up. Yeah. So you know, fourth, wow. you know, like another chapter to this whole thing. And um, no elves. I don't know if there were going to be dwar- maybe some dwarves, but just men. You know, no wizard. Wow. Yeah. I, I will say though, guys. You know, I absolutely love Star Wars, but I don't get the emotional impact That's that true. I get with these movies That's true. Me too. Uh, with Star Wars. Like when Star Wars wraps no, up that, that's the not, episodes. Well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm going di- to disagree with you right there. When Luke takes off Vader's helmet on the last movie, yeah. that was very emotional. But it is an me. emotional moment in a scene, but I don't get like when the movies end, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was that was neat. That was cool. I don't feel the end of a journey like oh man this was this was uh you know this is a powerhouse of emotion like i don't feel that way when i watch the star wars movies like i I thoroughly enjoy them but i don't think i'm as emotionally invested in the journey with those movies as i am with lord of the rings and i think it's because maybe star wars is paced differently Mm. and and the movies are spread out over time that when you watch it it's just like oh the next movie but to me it was like the only thing that maybe came close was the Harry Potter series. Towards the end of it, you're like, "Oh wow, I've come through this yeah. journey of seven growing." Movies, yeah, seven movies. movies. Uh, yeah, but but not, but it still doesn't have the emotional impact that I get from the when when I watch the final Lord yeah. of the Rings movie. Damn. Yeah, I think that like just to say that like I love Star Wars as well, but I think that. What Star Wars does not have are character relationships that Lord of the Rings does have, like intricate, intricate ones that are still represented in the film. I know there's lore and there's canon and there's all these things, but like you truly feel what the characters are feeling in this and you only get that. I'll just say I don't get that as much in Star Wars. Yeah, I I got to say I don't, you know, none of the end of any of the star Wars trilogies. Like, yeah, I mean like I feel sad for Anakin when he turns into Vader and I feel sad for, uh, you know, like, I I mean, I'm happy when Luke defeats the empire and, and, you know, like, yes, the, the passing Vader, but like, it's never like a, Oh man, I've been through, I've been through some stuff, man. I, and I think it speaks not to the filmmakers, but to the source material in that J.R.R. Tolkien like you said, Rob had such ties to World War uh, One, and like the whole idea of fellowship is a recurring theme throughout those three uh, stories, right? I think yeah. that that co- Peter Jackson just was able to convey that so powerfully. Oh God! And then I guess we're watching Kong next week. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> King Kong was. Great, in my opinion. It really was. Just a little long, in my personal opinion, but great. Well, and I don't think he was gonna... Like, how do you go from Lord of the Rings and, like, not... Like... Right. He was set up Where do you go from there? Exactly. Uh, The Hobbit. Yeah. (laughs) You know that that was supposed to be Guillermo del Toro directing, right? Yep. And it was supposed to be two movies, and then all of a sudden it just turned into Peter Jackson doing another trilogy, and it was like... Well, yep. Because the, the the studio wanted that, you know, yeah. they didn't like the direction that Guillermo del Toro. But that 
is another discussion for another time. Yeah. Let's not yeah. dive into the uh, yeah. Hobbit right now. Yeah, I feel like Peter Jackson true, true, already true. because I've been watching these movies on repeat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had my Lord, my film well, middle uh, guys. <laughs> guys, I would like to point out that uh, we don't get a lot of fan mail, but some days we do, and uh, you know, if anyone wants to email us, they can email us at magicalatthemovies at gmail.com um, or we've all got individual Instagram and Twitter accounts and there's a magical Instagram account as well but today on Twitter Peter someone tagged us his name is Bill Tilly oh, wow. and he made a meme about our star or he made a <laughs> meme about our Superman 2 episode oh my god Yes. Oh, man. So I'm never ready gonna, for this. I'm never going to live Superman 2 down. I'm not a coward. <laughs> no, Peter, now, I already if, know if what I'm getting wants for Christmas, to, man. Ah, God. <laughs> so, at Bill Tilly, 1973, I'm, I'm just going to glaze over this. It's a Zod from Superman 2 that says, So, Peter Magical thinks you are the best Zod? <laughs> and then uh, Zod from Man of Steel says, He's right. I am the best Zod. I'm exciting to watch and scream a lot. <laughs> and Superman 2 Zod says, And which of us conquered Earth with only two soldiers, and which couldn't with an army of Kryptonians and dozens of world-killing weapons? Uh, Zod goes, uh. <laughs> and then Superman 2 Zod goes, I think you know what to do, and points down for oh, the other Zod to kneel. No. Oh, oh God. Um, <laughs> so send your memes to us on Instagram at Magical the Movies, or you can email us actual questions if you'd like at Magical the Movies at gmail.com. We're also open guys, to suggestions of movies to review, yes. guys. I have been getting a lot of people coming up. You should review this movie and this movie and that movie. I was like, formally submit it, guys. Let us know. We will read the comments, we will read the fan mail, and we will take those suggestions into considerable consideration yeah i mean it's season two everyone knows we're off to the races we uh we've we've got a nice announcement i think we're gonna wait until the next week's wild card even though you probably already know it everyone um but things are things are happening here and uh make sure you can always leave us a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts. I mean, that's helpful I mean, it's just the decent thing to do guys absolutely it is, it, is. I, it, it really is um guys i did you 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 raised something into my head. Mm. Uh, we have yet to actually read one of our reviews. Oh please! Oh, let's and do it. I think I need to read. Just let's, I'll just go with the most recent one, okay? Um, and it goes like this: I'm obsessed with this podcast. <laughs> the hosts are great at choosing all of the movies I grew up watching over and over and over again. Back to the Future, Gladiator, etc. I especially love the movie trivia episodes. Wow, wow. so did I. Such good yeah. questions. My only issue is, when are you guys going to talk about a rom-com? Well, wow. guess what? They got that in the day before we released <laughs> a rom-com. Are you serious? They so, reviewed that. They put that down the day before we released The Sweetest Thing? Yep. Oh my god! Uh-huh. <laughs> so we we left them a little something in there, uh, you know, under their tree. There we go. Uh, Love it. January. 
<laughs> guys okay Peter thanks Lack, again Peter this is awesome. a great episode oh man <laughs> do we know what we're gonna do next week do we get to tease that it's a wild card coming a, up so you never know what's gonna card. happen you never know i i have some ideas i'm gonna suggest to you guys if that's cool you know hey yeah <laughs> i'm down for ideas but uh should we do it off recording leave 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 the folks with a little mystery absolutely as usual you know well, the, we kind of showed you know our what? hands. Our we showed our hand with the last couple of episodes. <laughs> you know, the last three episodes. They knew we were going to do all three Lord of the Rings. We want to keep it a little bit. We want to keep everybody in suspense now. Yeah. Well, you I know, like it. it's important to develop suspense in movie making. So let's continue with that throughout mm-hmm. our podcast, guys. Exactly. Boom. Well, um, I think have we each taken a turn at taking the Lord of the Rings home? Or is it up to you, Rob, this oh, week? Whoever crap. wants to I take think, it home, I you think, guys uh, take it home. I think I'm ready to take it home, man. Boom, so, take it home. You yeah, know, please. Uh, we've, uh, we're all about to take off to the Grey Havens here. So, for <clears throat> Peter Madrigal and Rob Schulte, I'm Rob Federick, and you guys have been listening to Madrigal at the Movies, guys. Thank you so much. Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Shit.